works through it, though, right? Don't you work through it? One step at a time. It's like brand new, right? Over and over again. You know, I know so much stuff that I forget a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Get more stuff than people ever know. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Like it's that whole scenario. So, all right. So we are now live on Facebook. At the moment, I'm gonna go live to YouTube. I believe you sent me a title, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Sandra, let me just. Are we gonna mute so we not hot? We on mute now. What's going on, y'all? It's the One Night Your Show. We do this every week at 4 o'clock on Sundays. Right now, it is 47 degrees and sunny outside. Traffic was a little hectic for me getting in. If you're on the LIE, I feel bad for you, B, because it's hot out there right now. Y'all are rubbernecking, and it's very unnecessary. I'm just saying, stop looking at the accident. Just drive past it. If you can't help, then you're hurting. You're hurting other people in traffic. That's all I'm saying. I got a place to be. You know what I'm saying? Big shout out to New York City in the building. Big shout out to the Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, and all of the developments. This is the One Night to Show, and we do this. I'm making the mics hot. Everybody's right, right. mic is hot. Sandra, you in the house? I'm in the building. Stan Moss, you in the house? Area. So, one, two, one, two. I'm in the house. That's it. And special guests. I'm not putting you on camera yet, but are you in the house? Just got out there traffic to talk about. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Here we go. Come on, y'all. It's the one night to show. I'm giving you share, time share, to share. share. Yes. Please. Check in. Check in where you from. Right. Share the link. What development? Definitely let us know where you're from. If you're on the YouTube page, please, by all means, subscribe to the page. Okay? Because we're trying to get paid, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Not from y'all, but YouTube actually pays us once we get to 1,000 subscribers, and then I can disperse funds to people. So we need you to subscribe to the Groovy Track page, if you don't mind. I appreciate y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we need 4,000 hours of watch time, which we've been doing pretty good with that. We're almost there to that, so then we can monetize the channel and get everybody a couple of dollars. You know what I'm saying? I can open up a super chat. I got things going on. People. Okay, okay. And I must add, they can also, while they subscribe to that, subscribe to the One Night Your TV Absolutely. Uh, YouTube channel as well. So that uploads a little later during, you know, during, right? That's, later. The, so that's usually the replay. Mm-hmm. 
Is that the replay? It's yeah, but it's it replay. shows later. Yeah. But it shows later. Right, but that's still another thing. We Listen, need we need to build that up too. Once we like again, 80, you 80 need something. to subscribe yes, to One Night to TV also. All right, we need to get some bread, y'all. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with some money. Stop acting like money's a bad thing. <laughs> and if I ask for money, it's a bad thing. I gotta survive like y'all gotta survive. Once again, this is the One Night to Show, and we did this at four o'clock. I hope you're all sharing. We have special guest Jasmine in the Zoom room. And that's dope. And I'm gonna hit the button. All right, all right. As right. you guys are filling in, filing in. Share, share, share. We only got five in the room. Come on, let's, let's, one, let's bring it up. Bring two, it up. One, two, three, and bang. <laughs> once again, this is the One Night to Show. I am. Uh, your host, co-host, Rock Logic. We also have Stan Moss in the building, Mike Jones is in the building, and Sandrea Coleman's in the building. You know what I'm saying? It's been a big week. We have a special guest in the house also that I'm not showing yet. Um, big week. You know what I'm saying? A lot of things going on. You know, a lot of things going on. How but, big was your week? Um, it was it was tremendous. First of all, I got this fancy, fancy uh, uh, baseball jersey. I see it. I that see That I had it. custom made with my I, name I on it. I see it's fitting too. My, yeah, my gear <laughs> and all that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So I got that okay. done. Um, what else has been going on? Did a lot of teaching. Did a lot of CPR teaching. Okay. Uh, Saving lives. Yeah, I, I, I was I was in and out of different companies all week long, two or three classes a day. So uh, big shout out to those uh, companies that have been, you know, taking the initiative to take CPR classes and learn about saving lives. That's been a big deal. Um, tonight, I'm going to go see Deshaun who is Carl Brown's wife, who is the keyboard player for Maria Davis. Mm -hmm. Her album release party is happening tonight. Okay. And I believe Shayla is hosting. And, um, oh, my God, Lenny Green okay. also is okay. hosting. So I'm going to go hang out with them at about 7 o'clock to listen okay. to her album cool. and kind of do that thing. We've been slow. We slowed down a little bit in the schools. Big shout out to Farrell's Academy. Um, they gave me the jacket that I have. That's a charter school up in the Bronx. Big shout out to Principal Travis Brown. Okay. Um, they are the second school that we completed a um, uh, a podcast studio in nice. and a recording studio in and their television studio. Nice. So they've begun classes. We've oh, been teaching great. classes there. Beautiful. The kids love it. You can see their self-esteem is up. Awesome. Um, What's the age group? What's the age group? Uh, they're junior high school. Okay. They're junior high school to high school. Catch them right there, at that age. And yeah. um, the who's, age. A, who's, a, who's the current chancellor right now of uh, New York City Schools? What's her oh, name? Oh, man. What's her name? Beach Reporter. Right. Yes. She came. <laughs> okay. And she did a podcast there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was crazy. Yeah, she came. Yeah. Wow. She came. I taught the kids how to run the station. Right. She sat in a chair. In front of the microphones, this station basically looks just like this, but even better. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, she's on her way out. Right. Mm -hmm. But she came there to kind of talk and kick it, which was dope. Right. right and right. I wasn't able to stay to, to be there for it. But I had set everything up and she talked to the kids and they had a little exchange and we rehearsed with the kids. I rehearsed with them the, the questions and how to ask it. And that was great. So big shout out to Farrell's Academy. Yeah, amazing. Good work, good work. Catching them kids when they're young, giving them a skill. Yeah, we're going to get them into broadcasting. Not everybody has to pick up a microphone and rap. That's yeah. right. You know what I'm saying? There's other true, skills. What's up, Sandrea? Hey, greetings all, greetings all. So my week was busy and blessed. Um, I have to always give thanks to my Lord and Savior. So thank you. 
Um, yeah, I am a minister for those that don't know. <laughs> um, yep. So my day to day week is basically checking on residents and mainly seniors to make sure that they have um, PPE. They're not um, going through any food insecurities. And we also work with helping them get any essentials from diapers, chucks, you know, all great, of that. Great, so great. I work with the Isaac Center to help do that. All of this is on, on my time. Um, you know, I just do a lot of uh, community work in the, um, my community. Um, Monday, I met with ABC uh, News reporter Derek Waller. He is one of the coolest reporters I've ever met. He okay. is cool. Um, he came to the Upper East Side um, to uh, speak to me about a segment regarding the security and public housing developments and you know just to expose that it's like 70 developments 70 developments that do not have cameras that's a problem mm, wow. know, that's a problem and yeah, the mayor has been promising cameras for the longest right. and you know i know some people might say oh well we don't want to be surveilled and all of that but you also want to be safe yeah right yeah. you know what about yeah. the grandmothers what about the kids what about any kind of crime that can right. take place sure. those cameras can not only protect you or help you, but they also can uh, be an alibi for you, right? right you know, right, so right. you got to look at it in both ways. So we can't always think everything is negative. And the segment actually aired on Wednesday on, you know, Channel 7 at 5 p.m. Okay. So that was cool. Thursdays, y'all know I do bio writing um, at the Isaac Center. So anybody interested in that, DM me. I can, um, the hybrid course It's for one hour from 12 to one. We might shift it um, to a different day but right now it's Thursdays because we want to try to get some more youth involved. Okay. So, okay. and I might be helping them with resumes as well. So, you know, just using what I can do, um, which works. Um, Friday, I attended a capstone um, presentation by a young journalist that was graduating and she did, a, um, you know, some write up on public housing. I was one of her main okay. characters. So that was good to see her graduate. Okay, great, great, great. Give her presentation as well as the other ones. Like it's, it's a journalism school and it was really cool. Um, Saturday, I went to, as some of y'all know, there's been a lot of vandalism. I'm a, also an organizer with UES for BLM. That's Upper East Side for Black Lives Matter. We've been having vandalism um, wow. ongoing from, like I told y'all before, this Marin Feast over the posters, mm. um, slashing it, um, wow. spray painting, tearing it down, moving the barriers, everything they can do. Disgusting. So I went into the 19th precinct to make a report with one of my comrades, which he's actually a Caucasian guy and he's up in age, but it just looked weird with us going in there together or, you know, meeting in it to make that report. But that just shows the what we're doing and, you know, some of the organizers. The unity, I'm the unity, only, right. Yeah, I'm the only black organizer, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're trying to make the report and they gave us this song and dance because of legal. Um, there's no ownership. It was just a whole lot of stuff. Right. But at the end of the day, I spoke to one officer. Now, mind you, I come from out of the 19th. I used to supervise payroll, not there, but I, that's where I first started at. And I was there for many years and know the building very well. And it was just so crazy that, the guy I was communicating with at first, um, let me just go back. Their station house security is interrogating me as I'm coming in because I had a BLM mask on. Okay. I went there gully. Okay. 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 Because it shouldn't Represent. be about that. Right. right. Like, Represent. yeah. So I'm not going to like wear a different mask because I'm going into the precinct. Right. Come on. That's right. So I went in like, then he's asked me all these questions. I said, oh, you done asking me. I said, because I got to say the same thing. He's like, go ahead, ma'am. Okay. That's fine. Because he already got me pissed off already. So I was in a good spirit. And then I get inside and I'm speaking to the lady and I show her a resolution for my community board, which we're asking to see just have the cameras. Let's see the cameras so right. we can catch who's doing it. And it was sent to the commanding officer, the 19th precinct and so forth. So they, they dealt with their law department or whatever, but 
I didn't know all of this till I went in. And then I'm speaking to the lady wouldn't deal with me. She went back to get a guy from the community affairs office, which I couldn't call him to help um, in my mind. But on Facebook, when I did my little write up, he's the help. He's an officer, white shield. And he came out and he spoke to me and he says nothing that can be done. I said, OK, I want to speak to the desk officer. He basically tells me, oh, well, he's going to tell you the same thing I'm going to tell wow. you. But that's OK. It's called escalation. Right. And that's what I was doing. And the, the desk officer was a, a black man mm. and he came out and he, t- he didn't come out directly. They t- went to the side where spot where I used to work at. Cause I used to be an SB nine operator. So they said they were right there. I knew the cut they were in and they, he was getting them up to speed. So after he got them up to speed, they came out. The Lieutenant had a camera wow. and he set it down and he said, I'm going to record you. Mm. I said, okay, so I'm going to record too. You know what they told me? He said, yes, you can. But the help, the officer said, no, you can't. So I'm like, okay. Wow, so that was great. like intimidation, trying right. to deter me not to, you know, talk. But I was like, fine. I'm Sandra Coleman. It wasn't even that. I'm like giving everything because cameras, I'm not afraid of right, cameras. Absolutely. So with that said, nothing was done. But I told him, I said, okay, so don't be surprised because DCPI will be contacting you all. And that's who deals with the media, um, you know, questions from the media, right, with the police right, department, right, right. because you know, I'm not going to say on here what's being planned, but we plan to do something to escalate this because right. this should be we should be able to get access to the cameras or at least to find out Absolutely. who this racist person is that's doing and vandalizing, you know, the vigil. So and today marks day number four hundred and seventy two. Amazing. 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 So that's Amazing. that. Amazing. On you, Stan. Wow, after all that, what I to say, um, I should give a big shout out to all the residents in Ravenswood. Uh, we continue to have our meetings there. The meetings are very well attended. And I really love the residents are taking up the leadership of it. And eventually they're going to be doing their own meetings and we're just kind of be helping them. And then moving back over to Queensbridge, I spoke with Jacob V. So we're going to start our meetings back there. Great, great. And they have them in the story and Woodside, independent meetings led by residents. Right. You know, so that's the goal that we're uh, moving up towards. And, um, and it's working. We're getting the word out about the blueprint, you know, um, the word spreading out. We got we have a petition that we're circulating um, with the residents again, saying that they don't want the blueprint. They don't want no privatization. Right. They don't want no rad. We don't want no infill. We don't want any of it. You know, we right. want to make sure the NYCHA is fully funded. We have an opportunity now, potentially, with the Build Back Better plan. We don't we don't know all of, of it all yet. You know, and there are some issues with it. You know, that I know Save Such and Nine is talking about and other organizations, but we have a shot to really get this funding in. So we don't need any privatization. We need the funding to come in immediately, not a little bit here, a little bit there. And NYCHA residents need to be at the table and deciding where that money's going to go. You know, so I'm loving the fact that, you know, we're building this momentum, um, but we cannot stop. We can't rest. You know, it's going to come up most likely again, you know, next year, you know, with these state assembly folks, you know, we got to make sure we're keeping the pressure on them. You know, sad to say this is a time of year uh, when the phone calls are coming in where mm-hmm. people don't have any gas, people yeah. don't have any heat. You know, for for 40 06 10th Street in Queensbridge wow. on the D line, nobody got heat. So I knocked on some doors and these are elderly folks. And, you know, it's just incredible. You know, and I walked in, you can feel the coldness as they open up their door. That's how cold it was. You know, and wow. we haven't even gotten into the real cold season yet. You know, so that's why uh, the guests we have in the Zoom, I wanted to bring on because I know the phone calls are coming. People need heaters. Uh, Roxanne called me and, and her building, they have no water. There was you know, a fire in Queensbridge. Right, yeah, so all of these things are happening. So we want to be able to get uh, some goods and supplies and let, let NYCHA residents know that there are uh, other organizations mm-hmm. that are out there that are looking to help. 
and we actually give folks some of the things that they need. So this young lady, Jasmine, uh, told me about a, a, an event she's having next week. So I want anyone listening to this show, the list in NYCHA, if you have need for heaters and, and, and microwaves and all of those type of things, there's an event coming up on Saturday, this coming Saturday, where you can actually get some of those things. And we're going right, to be well, working. Let's hear. So let's hear from let's Jasmine. Hear from let's hear from Jasmine. About, about How is everyone? We're wow. great. We're great. Welcome. Welcome. It's good. What an introduction. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Stan um, told me what you guys do. And I thought it'd be a great opportunity to show what I do and what my company do, um, especially the um, 18th. Right. So tell folks, um, you have this event Saturday. Um, where's the event going to be held? Um, what kind of things are you guys giving away? What's the name of your organization? Yes. Tell us all those things. So um, first it's me and my um, partner. We, we have a business event space and it's a multi-member LLC that holds, you know, four pillars in love and family and community and fun. And we are a for-profit entity that books like high profile events with multiple event spaces. So we are a franchise. So we have four locations currently right now in Brooklyn, which one of the locations we're using to um, throw a charity event as I'm currently in the process of creating my own nonprofit and that should be here for the next year. So right. better. and, you know, we, um, we, we are the surrounding communities that our business is in, you know, we want to be able to invest back in, into the community. We have been so blessed and so lucky to get the success that we've been having. And we want to combine it with different programs and entrepreneurship and financial literacy and just helping the community any way possible. Awesome. That's, That's awesome. Right? And yeah. I think one night she's going to want to partner with you uh, to, to do that. You know, so, uh, so what's, what are some of the items you're going to have? You're going to have some heaters and microwaves. Oh, yeah, we're going to. Um, so the event is going to be the 18th this Saturday at 219 Cook Street, Brooklyn, New York. That is at um, one of my locations. And we're going to have a DJ free haircuts for men and young boys. Yeah. We're gonna have face painting. We're gonna have so much food. Um, so many local businesses donated food. So we're gonna have hot food as well as produce. So bring as many shopping carts and bags that you have. Uh, we're gonna, yeah, we have so much stuff. We have over a thousand worth of stuff. So people can mm. take multiple things. Nice. Um, Sounds like Christmas is coming early. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. like playing Santa. This yeah, that's okay. Time. You can have a little, um, little hat on at least. <laughs> yes. We, we have coats, we have jackets from all ages. We have, um, it's gonna be music there. We have a live DJ. We're gonna go up, we're gonna give um, possibly ways where people could find job and job fair. Okay. Yeah, and we're just trying to do as much as possible. We're gonna have toys for the kids. So we're gonna have books, libraries donated to us. So we have so many books. So we encourage our young um, youth to read yeah. and to mm -hmm. be educated, especially in financial literacy. Yes. Right. But, I'm very young and to start a business and have a partner and we're building a franchise has been an amazing experience. And we have the assembly woman is coming off. We have other mm -hmm. people that I can't announce yet that will be coming. And we have the fire department supporting. Wow. The department. Yeah, we have the news coming out. We have press. Right. This is something that I'm so proud of. This is my first event. So Oh, um, nice. Okay. Yeah, You're doing it big. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I, yeah. I, I'm, I feel like if I'm going to do it, I have to do it right. That's and right. I got so many people on board and we are like, um, Stan said, we're going to be giving out heaters and fans and, um, some is lightly used, some is brand new and everything is in good shape. I would never give something away that I normally wouldn't take. Right. So everything is almost new or close mm. to being lightly used. Okay. We have um socks for the homeless, who, you know, because it's getting really cold soon, and blankets, and 
we just have everything you could think of that we're trying to give away and make sure everyone is complete, especially during the holidays, because it's very hard for a lot of people. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Well, and, 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 and you're going to be doing this on a regular basis, right? Well, with my nonprofit, we'll be doing it on a regular basis. So um, my nonprofit is separate from my like career and my businesses. So normally in my career, I'm in entertainment. I do acting and film and stuff, but my business is the event space. So we do luxurious events for like celebrities and weddings and bar mitzvahs on a luxurious scale. So we have been very fortunate. We are booked all the way into June at all four nice. of our locations. So we have been extremely blessed. So we want to take this and at these events, we want to do in-kind donations um, to other charities to have a place where they can be warm and as well as help the community. So you know, and everything is free. Just come with your stuff, wear a mask. We're going to be giving out masks there, gloves. And it should be, even if you're not vaccinated, you will not be denied food. You could still come in and get food. Um, You just cannot stay if you're not vaccinated because you know it's just a cold of um, New York State at the moment. But if you are vaccinated, you can get as many, as much food as you need, bring shopping carts, bring bags. And, you know, I want the kids to have a good time. We're going to give out so many toys and, you know, hopefully everyone gets as many haircuts they can get and everything like that. Sounds all beautiful. right. Well, um, we're going we're to have to bring you back for another show. Uh, we can talk more about all that you're doing. Um, it's amazing. Um, Nights of Residence, if you're listening, please go. Can you say the address yeah. one more time so they can that hear it? 219 Cook Street, Brooklyn, New York, is located in East Williamsburg. Um, it's 10 to um, 6, but it's, it's first come, first serve, so we cannot right. hold anything. So we already have RSB of like probably 50 people guaranteed. So it's going to go extremely quick. So you, people, there's no um, cap on how much you could take. So you could take as much as you want. It's like shopping, mm -hmm. but for free. Right. So wow. it's nice. going to be a whole um, lineup. So it's going to start with the clothing, toys, and if you would like a haircut and then go all around. And then when you're leaving, you could take as much food as you need. It's going to be hot food as well as um, cold food, um, as well as cans and potatoes and everything. And as well as cupcakes and cakes and stuff from our local bakeries. Nice. Uh, can you uh, leave your, uh, just say your social media handle so people can follow you as well? Yeah, sure. So my personal is Jasmine, is J-A-S-M-I-N-E and Metivia, M-E-T-I-V-I-E-R. And I'm on all streaming platforms. And um, our event company is Four Corners Event Space. And yeah, um, I look forward to seeing everyone. Like I, I will want everyone to come. I don't want anything to go to waste because we cannot keep it. Right. So we'll probably give it to the local shelters and the local, um, you know, schools and stuff in the neighborhood, the churches. But we want to give away as much stuff as possible. It's really great stuff. And um, Trader Joe's is our sponsor. So it's good nice. quality food. Right. I'm sure it's going to do well. And I'm yes. sure... Uh, y'all are going to run out. I'm almost positive because, and, and, and if you have a flyer, anything, if you could email it to me and oh, I could also I put that, that out. Okay. Through That's social amazing. media and on our platform as well. All right. And I'll be there live. So right. um, I'll see you next Saturday. Um, hopefully yes. I may stream from there live on the one night you pay. So folks can actually see all this good work happening and we're going to be supporting all that you do. And we want to partner yeah. with you on some of these events and let's, let's do it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Stan. You're Thank you. All right, okay. Jasmine. Bye bye. All right, bye bye. Yes, yes. Got a lot going on. Yes, yes. I think that'd be a great partnership. Get some things for our residents in NYCHA who need uh, so much. You know, now. Right. Did you the, get that that food pantry thing I sent you? By the way. Um, I did receive some. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I ain't open it, but so, I, you, so you can call and um get a get a pantry over in um um in Queensbridge. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. There's okay. the whole connect. Okay. Call great. Come and get and get it done. 
All right. All right. And so the the, the special guest um, at the meeting in Ravenswood, it wasn't my meeting, it was a resident council meeting. Um, and they brought this gentleman in and um, I heard him speak. And, um, you know, always listen to elected officials or people trying to run, like, what is your position on NYCHA? What is your position on privatization? You know, so I grilled the brother real quick uh, to find out what his positions were. And I liked what I heard. So All based right. upon that, I said, you know what, let's, let's give him a platform. You know, we know we got um, Jamani and who's the other Hoku in the race and maybe some others, his, but, but this, this is his show. show. So let, let, with no Come further ado, on. brother, let's go. Big shout out to my man, Paul Nichols. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. There you go. <laughs> what is going on? What's happening with you? Let's chop it up. I'm ready. First of all, this is an amazing platform. And I'm almost thinking of forgetting the governor's spot and trying to put in an application to become mm. part of this team. No. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. One night, you one people. This is absolutely amazing. And, you know, the work that you're just doing and being able to give platforms to folks like Jasmine that are doing amazing things around the city. This is what this is all about. Absolutely. And, you know, we're trying to, to do something new again. I'm running for governor of the state of New York. And one of the things that has drawn me to this moment is looking around and seeing that something's not right. Folks have struggled for too long. I came from church, so Miss Miss Me and Sandra, oh, we 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 are uh, Bible <laughs> yes. Bible based. That's right. Right. That's right. Bible tote. And you know that's been the foundation of who I am and who I will yeah. always be. But one of the things that was a, was a particular struggle was seeing last year. Last year was a difficult year for for many people. Mm -hmm. Twenty twenty, and one of the members in my church, they work as an essential worker went to work and did extra hours, 10, 12, 13, 14 hours, and they didn't come home to a beautiful home of their own. They went home to a homeless shelter. Right. And this is not someone that we're talking about that's on the corner with a cup. Right. This is someone that's got a regular nine to five job, but right. they, they aren't able to afford to live in the city of New York. Something's not right about that. Something fundamentally all. is wrong about that. And we look around and we've seen folks from one office to the next, playing musical chairs, and things are getting worse. New York's yeah. the second most expensive state in the country. New York City is one of the, if not the most expensive city in the entire nation. And, and it's not getting better. Regular folks saying, I got a suit and tie on, but don't let that fool you. Mm -hmm. I got student debt. I got things that mm -hmm. bills that are crushing me. I didn't have a special parking privilege. So that traffic that, you know, Brother Rock was talking mm -hmm. about, I had to sit in that and then I drove around probably about a half an hour and said, let me get a little early because I got to circle the block looking for parking. Right, right, right. And then once upon a time, you could put a quarter in the meter and you get a half an hour for that. Mm -hmm. Now wow. you're getting four minutes with that. <laughs> what am I going to do four minutes in a quarter? <laughs> right, right, right. But right. it's like uh -huh. these are the ways in which we're being squeezed yes. as the little folks, Every the time. little guys. Every way that we can be hit, we're being hit. And where are the folks that are supposed to be standing up for us saying no? This is not acceptable. This is not happening. So on the steps of Queensborough Hall this May, when there was a different administration in place without any political motivation, just motivated by empowering people, we stood on the stairs and we said, we're going for the biggest spot in the state mm. because this is, essential, uh, this is a sense of urgency. This is an emergency. And we've got to turn this ship around today. And we had hundreds of folks out there, folks that were ready to do something new. Doing the impossible 
it's part of my mantra. Mm. Because folks will look at me and say, what do you think you're doing? You don't never, you, you, you don't never stand a chance mm. against some of these folks. But our folks, we specialize in doing the impossible. Right. When that yeah, TV brother. when that TV didn't have an antenna, mm. we knew how to put that clothes mm. hanging yeah. together. Yeah. We, we had them butt God we, moments. We, but, but God. <laughs> right. And we know how to make things happen. And so we're going to bring yes. that regular person touch to it just as a little bit of way of background on myself. I am an attorney. I've worked in state government for almost two decades, nice. working for assembly, working for state senators, Congress members. So I know the ins and outs. I know how the sausage is made. Okay. And we want to be able to bring that experience on the inside with the priority of the people to be able to lead the state in a better direction. Awesome. That's, awesome. That's an awesome, awesome opening statement. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I like the fact that you that you understand that the little guy is being squeezed, right? In these little microburst right right things that you don't think about you know you're damn you know what i'm not getting a whole lot more time when that park that's right damn it why is there a speed camera everywhere Ooh, you know what i'm saying don't get me started yeah i mean you know i'm getting i'm getting i'm getting taxed you know on a regular they, they, like it's, it's just kind tax. of part of my my uh my my monthly balance sheet i'm that's like right. how many speed cams did i hit and mm. it isn't like it's crazy speed mm-hmm. right it'll be like if it's 25 you're at maybe 30 Right. And you get hit. And I'm like, come on, like, really? Like, you're supposed to be able to do five miles over the speed right. or whatever. You're not even paying attention that you've gone five miles over. It's not like I'm like, boom, down the street at 55. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I give in. I like the fact that you're paying attention um, to those things. Um, and you're right. You have to do the impossible. Yeah. Right. We're built on doing the impossible. That's right. And that's our people's story. That's our people's story. And uh, impossible, actually, if you actually break the word down, is I'm possible. Right. There you go, brother. Right? Dr. Bob Kreese is dead. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm possible. Start passing off from here. <laughs> <laughs> he does that sometime on Sunday. Yeah, right, right. yeah, it just happens. <laughs> I'm possible. So, the, you know, and, and we should do things that are impossible. Right. You know what I'm saying? Why do things that are easy? Your, your, um, your present, your future should make your present very uncomfortable. Right. right. You go. That's the deal. Without it, there's no growth. Right. If you're present, if you're comfortable in your present, then you're, you're, you don't got no future. And that's the beautiful thing, because we as the people of New York have been lulled into accepting this status quo. Right. We right. don't think that it can change. We don't think that we can do better. We don't think that things can be different. We accept the fact that even at minimum wage, even if it was $15 an hour, which some places it's getting to $15 an hour. Right. Even if you're working full time, you still broke with fifteen dollars. Yeah, you're not making it, right? You still struggling. Check the check. And for folks at the top to think that that's okay to even start a conversation, we have to fundamentally change leadership that gets it, Mm -hmm. that gets it. And only one of the regular people going to have to be able to lead the way for that. Right. Nobody should be the working poor, but there's a whole oh, lot yeah. that right. ought to work in poor. I have a question sure. I want to pose to you. So um, in 2018, remember, uh, NYCHA was declared a state of emergency by our former governor. Right. And I am a NYCHA resident. I live in Isaac Houses. And I, I have not seen much change with that declaration, mm-hmm. with a federal monitor installed. And so I'll just throw this to you as as governor what would you do to help preserve public housing because the city is not doing anything for us our mayor is selling us out and and you know working with all these backdoor deals to uh 
make sure privatization happens, which will eventually force many of us out of our homes. And you know what? A lot of NYCHA residents have nowhere to go, to be honest. You know, they have nowhere to go. That's it's generational. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we really need help. And, and for me, I know what a state of emergency means. You're going to act on this. Things are going right? to get done emergency. just right. by putting a monitor in with that gives just, you know, recommendations that they don't even have to adhere to. I mean, and, and, you know, quarterly reports, that's not enough because we can, we can report from the ground what's going on in our developments. You know, we're living it. We don't need inspectors and investigators, retired, they retired detectives and cops that actually are doing their work that are coming out to our homes to do this or cause it's just, it's lip service and it's, it's, just paper and it's, you know what I mean? Like, what would you do to, you know, recognize this state of emergency and get us out of this crisis? Right. No, thank you for that question. And it almost seems like instead of a federal monitor, we got a TV monitor because mm. nothing really mm. happened for that. Right. And, well, you know, I've got a NYCHA background where after um, you know, interesting period in the state legislature, I stepped away and yeah. went and worked full time for my church and was asked to come and lead the community center down in South Jamaica Houses and Port Projects. Some folks know it as that. Mm-hmm. And I, I accepted the, the task to go and be the director for that particular community center. It was slated to close. And seeing and feeling the issues up front of what residents have to deal with. The community center itself, I was heartbroken because to see children having to go every single day in an after-school program from two to six and then sometimes beyond, bathrooms were crumbling. Mm. You have flooding that constantly took place in the building, mold all over the walls. Like these are these, are our, these are our babies. Yeah. And you would think that it was just there. So I stood up and I said with our, our local assembly person said, we, I went into the office and we've got to change this. There's no way I'm going to be okay with having our children. Right. Our future. Living, right. our future, living and having to be in these conditions. So we got over a million dollars there. If you went to mm-hmm. South Jamaica Community Center back in 2016, 2017, you'd see it look one way. After we went in there, we got over a million dollars. They renovated mm-hmm. it. We got it done. They okay. completely revamped it. And now it looks completely different. All throughout. And that's for our people. That's for our children, our babies. And that's taking that same sense of what's a real emergency and doing it all throughout the NYCHA system. So as governor, understanding that we're switching the priorities. We can spend money and have tax breaks for Madison Square Garden. They don't need it. We can give it for big corporations, top Fortune 500 Mm -hmm. companies. They don't need it. Let's take the priority, shift it, and let's put it right away into NYCHA. Let's do the same thing that we did in South Jamaica to be able to renovate a whole entire community center. Let's do that all throughout. We don't need privatization. We just need money to be spent that's already there Mm. or get more money that we need to have there. So as governor, it's priority to make that happen. One of the little things that we're, one of the wrinkles that we probably want to hear any of our, uh, my opponents say, I'm going to shake up the office of governor and use the mantle and use the platform that it has to bring a whole different focus and shift. So one of the pledges that I've made is I'm going to not live in the governor's mansion. Again, I don't care about mansions. Mm. I've lived perfectly fine in the homes that I've lived in. 
I'm going to use that platform. I'm going to live in different NYCHA residences wow. all throughout the city, mm. live in the different depressed parts about the state where we're going to bring the eye of the entire state to say, this is how folks are living. And again, I'm a person that I'm accountable to the people. Yes, but I'm accountable to God. First. Amen, mm. amen, and, amen. And folks may not have seen my model, but you know, this is what it is. Okay. And so this is, okay. this is part of what we're doing to be able to let folks know back in the civil rights movement, they brought the atrocities of how human beings were treated to the forefront. Absolutely. We saw the hoses. We saw yep. the dogs being sick. We saw the police folks using billy clubs on people across their heads. And when that whole eye of the country was brought to these atrocities, you challenged folks to say, are you okay with seeing this happening in front of your face? Right, right. And so folks that weren't on board before got on board because they say, you, you push the conscience and say, we can't do this anymore. So we're doing that. We're going to bring the eye of the state, awesome. bring the money from where it needs to be, but then also show every person on board that's not on board. This is how people are living and Absolutely. we can't be okay. That's something very powerful. Right. I know you want to jump in, but I won't say what it is, but I did say, I told some people I plan to run for office down the road. And I said, I wasn't moving out of night. Come on so Come on. Mm. he just confirmed right. because I can get on the phone and there's a few people. And I believe I said it to you, yeah, I believe, that I was I, I, remaining, right. but it's just, and it's down the road, but go ahead, brother. I like, I like, I like, I like, time I heard, um, we had, uh, what's the lady name? Um, um, the Trump sent him out here going to NYCHA. Oh, visiting. Right, visiting. visiting. Yeah. So this is the first time I heard somebody say they're going to run for office and they actually say they're going to live in NYCHA that's right. and, and, and make it happen. So that, that's really, that's, really... That's suffering with the people. Right, 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 right. right. Until we suffer no more. Right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, because it gives you a definite perspective. Yeah. Right? Because you're in it. Right. 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 So you know, you're like, all right, you know what? This is not right. You right. know, when you visit, you go home to your nice that's home. Right. Exactly. And, that's exactly. Right. and then, you know, out of sight, out of mind. They, they right. around. Um, they take pictures. Yeah. You know, you know and, and, and do all that foolishness. Uh, my question is, uh, in terms of the vaccination mandates that mm -hmm. we have, in New York, and just for clarity, vaccination mandate is only in New York City. Correct. The rest of the state is not mandated to take the vaccine uh, in restaurants. How do you feel about that? Like, how do you feel about, you know, the fact that um, now that they're making small businesses vaccinate their employees? Uh, how do you feel about healthcare providers that they're mandating to take the vaccines? Right. And these are people that I don't care who you are, because none of y'all in this room was on the front line, like the healthcare providers, like the nurses and the doctors and the paramedics that were there. Right. Doing that. That now some of them are being put out of a job mm, well, I know some because they don't want to take the vaccine yeah. because these nurses don't want to take the vaccine absolutely. or these doctors, you know, certain principals I know that didn't want to take the vaccine. But how do you how do you feel about that? Could you rectify it? Should you rectify it? But how do you feel about this vaccine mandate? So first, the, the short answer is I am not for vaccine mandates. Okay. And mm -hmm. here's why. What essentially vaccine mandates says, the government is saying, trust us that this is okay. Everyone, you just trust us that this is good for you. Now, let's take a step back because that same government asked us to trust us with housing. Mm. That's a big mess. The same government asked us to trust us with the educational system. We spend more money on education in, than, than anyone else, and we get less in return. The same government has 
not respected people's rights as human beings for many years. And it was a fight to even get to that point. So just excuse me for a moment if I'm just <laughs> yeah. going to say, you know, I'm not going to just jump and just trust you when you say trust us. Right. And a government that's in tune to the people will understand the history. They will understand the context and say, we feel that this is good for you, but let's explain. Let's let's in the meantime, while we're getting you to the point where you can trust it on your own say, we're going to create the environment to make sure everybody's safe. We take COVID-19 very seriously. We take the threat of the health pandemic very seriously. But it's the government's job to keep everyone safe and to get people to a place where, on your own time, you can trust it. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you never get there, it's still government's job to make sure you're okay and make sure you're safe and make sure the people are safe. And we do what we need to do as, a, as, a, as, a, as leaders to understand that, whether it's allowing family members and, and, and community leaders to have the conversations that they need to go through anecdotal evidence of whether it works or doesn't work. We need we needed time. And so you haven't earned the right to say, just trust us. It's right. good for you. You haven't earned that. And so we've seen businesses that have closed and they'll never come back. Yeah. And to take it a step further now saying when we're, we're going to mandate that you you have all of your private workers. There's one thing if you're under the, the, the government umbrella, but now this is an overreach to say now private, private industry, we're going to tell you how to do things in your own private sphere. Mm -hmm. We have to be very, very careful because there's a slippery slope that we're going down where if we don't stand up and say, government leadership shouldn't be going down this road, businesses that are already hanging on by a thread, some are gone and are never coming back. And, and, and businesses that I know the owners and have known the owners personally that said, Paul, we can't hang on anymore. And they're gone. Hmm. businesses that are now by the thread and now the, the, the very few folks that are able to, to, to work there and, and to have jobs, you're going to take that out too. We can't keep doing this, right? This is, this is, this is wrong. It's and, and to, to, to fire essential workers who worked every single day at the front lines when there was no vaccine, most of them weren't even getting the proper PPE that they needed to mm -hmm. be working in the hospital, but they went into work every single day taking care of those that we love, those that we cherish. And then at the end of it saying, well, you're fired because you just didn't trust government who they failed you in every other category. Right. Yeah. Come on now, we gotta do a lot better. So right. You know what, just to you know, give you the add to your government fails, right? 911, right? The World Trade attack is a government fail, right? People ran into those buildings and risked them lot, risked their lives. And then when it came time for the government to take care of them, they had to sue the government to get health care. Right. <laughs> right. Like, where's the how do I trust you? you get mm. what I'm saying? When it instinctively, as an American citizen, if there's an attack. I'm going to run into the buildings. I'm going to, and, and I'm thinking, you know what? No matter what happens, I know my government got me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. If I get right. cancer or whatever, my government got That's me right. and my government got my family. That's if something right. happens to me. That's right. And that wasn't the case. These, these guys ran in there. Some died. Some have cancer 10 years later. And they had to get lawyers to sue the government, the very government that they fought for in those buildings. Absolutely. Right. And then you go, 
Trust me. Trust me. Trust <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I loved how you put it, man. Trust me. I, yeah, Paul, I loved how you put it. It was just, it was, it was eloquent and it was, it was spot on because people forget that, you know, this ain't been the, the most trustworthy government that That's we've been right. under. On every level, city yeah. level, state yeah. level, federal level, we need to build trust again. And it starts by taking off the, the, the suit and ties and saying it's about putting people first. We put politics first. I've seen folks up hand when the choice was between large donors and political expedience. They've chosen them or people. And some of them have gone in with good intentions. But you have to have a strong foundation where <laughs> foundation is on a solid rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> rock is immovable, unshakable. Don't get me to start preaching on a Sunday now. <laughs> I got a follow question, Gina, okay, because um, when I ran for office, um, it was the most difficult part of it was raising funds, right? Because I wasn't taking any money from any um, private developers, no billionaires, no real estate folks, none of that. Um, and a lot of my candidates were. So I was running for um, Queensborough president. And so are you taking any money from private developers, any real estate folks or anything like that? And how are you going to raise funds if you're not doing that? Right. So and th- thank you for that question, because that's going to segue me into uh, you know what we've been doing. So yeah. the short answer is we're not taking money from big real estate developers. None of those folks are going to have a say in our campaign. And those that are running you know, and, and, and you need to really think about that because you can always track who your boss is going to be by where your check is coming. Yeah. And, and, and that's who you're going to answer to and respond to. So people who are listening and, and are deciding who you're going to vote for, you can go on the Board of Elections website and you can open up and see its public record yeah. to see who the folks are going to be listening to when they get into office. If you open up that sheet and you see, as Brother Stan said, that they've, that they've got corporate developers, real estate Can't developers, big, dis- big, you know, big companies, that's who they're going to be listening to when rubber hits the road. Mm-hmm. And here... We've taken only dollars from regular people. We have a campaign, and uh, forgive me for my shameless plug, it's called no. $10 for Change. Okay. And what it is, is regular folks recognizing, you know, we haven't held dinners that have $10,000 tickets because the folks we're talking to don't got $10,000 right. in their bank account. They just drop like that. We're talking to folks that they've got $10, and you tell 10 of your friends, give 10 bucks. Let 10 of them tell. And so that's how we're doing it. $10 for change. You just give 10 and you tell 10. And that way we're building it up again. It's, it's, we recognize that we're not going to have the most money in this race. Right. And you don't need the most money that's because right. I have something else on my side. Come on. Y'all trying to get me to go there. Wait, wait, praise break. Y'all trying to get me to go there. But when you have just a little bit, <laughs> but with the people, with other factors, mm. you're going to be able to do the impossible because there's nothing too hard. There's nothing that's impossible that mm. you can't do when you got the right stuff behind you. And I'll go to battle with the people any day of the week because we outnumber them, believe it or not. Okay. Those right. big top CEOs, they call them 1% for the re- for a reason. We got the 99% that we're going to battle with because we've been the ones that have been overlooked for too long. We've got elected officials that they love just playing musical chairs. They're going from this office to that office. Talk about it. Before, before the seat even gets warm, they're already trying to move to the next thing. Right. Oh, we can't do that. That, right. that 
Yeah. That's 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 the wrong model because mm -hmm. that's more about politics. Oh, yeah. We cannot do politics. And just to be honest, again, I'm running as a Democrat, looking to win the Democratic primary on June 28th next year, 2022. But if the best idea that works for the people is a Republican idea, then we're doing that. If it's an independent idea, then we're doing that. If it's a Democrat idea, it doesn't matter where it comes from because we've gotten too focused on politics and the people have gotten forgotten. We can't keep doing that anymore. Right. And I, I heard I think, from that MO, he's an MOG. I think, I I think we're missing something, right? And and uh, I want to say this. I don't think it's wrong to take money from big corporations and from real estate. I don't think it's wrong. I think what's wrong with it is that we think because we take the money, we have to do what they said right, they have to do. Right. All that means is it gives you an audience with me. That's it. That just gives you access, but it doesn't mean I'm going to do or I'm in line with you. You're going to take the money and well, you're take the money and run. No, Get it? Take the money and run. run. But 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 you got to understand something. <laughs> it, just because they give you the money doesn't mean you're not beholden. You're not beholden right. to them. Right. Right. It well, just gives you access to me. I respectfully we go, we go no, back. No, 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 no. no we're gonna go back. We're gonna go back okay. because you understand some these clowns that are taking the money and mm -hmm. then they and then and then they feel like they're slaves to these people that's and they the and they're behold. That's the problem because these companies been giving money to 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 uh to candidates for years. Yeah. Right. All the way, all the way, all the way from FDR and all of that. Let right. But in that, it gave you audience. It didn't mean that I had to do what you was going to do. Right. What, once I'm in office, what are you going to do to me? Right. <laughs> I'm already in. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I think the, the, the problem with it is, right? The Blasio to me is a clown. <laughs> he became beholden to them, but he was already in bed with them and he was aligned with their political views anyway. Under the covers. Under the covers. <laughs> but if it ain't your speed, you don't got to do what they right. say because that's there's true. nothing in that that says, you give me money, I do what you say. And I go back and forth. Well, it just gives you access. Well, well, go ahead, okay, go. so I, my my thought, my brother, no, I'm not mad. Because you down with the new Jack Swing. No, no, no. What, oh, I, no, no. what I say is that I know when I ran for office um, and a, a prominent politician came, and so which I won't mention their name, um, but they were like, you know, your, your campaign might be a threat, you know, and, and, and also, you know, what they do is that they, if you don't take their money, or if you do take their money, let's say you take it, and they, um, you don't do what they say, and they say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my money back, and I'm going to give it to this cat who's going, who's going to run against you and primary you. And now, if you are someone who's in office and you get accustomed to being in office, I know people change once they get in there now. You know, then a lot of times you do become become beholden. It depends on what you're there for. If the people are there and they want to stay in there, I'm in office, I got this position, I got this prestige, I want to stay, then that money becomes very attractive. You know, so we can all respectfully disagree. And I agree with that. Right? I agree with that. Now. But it, it comes to the morality, right? And if I'm in the chair, right? Mm -hmm. And now I'm governor, I'm the man of New York, right? And you gave me money, eh, whatever. May you, can, logic. You, you can talk to me. But if you if what you're doing is not in line with what go. I'm supposed to be doing for the people, there you go. Right. Then I can't do it. that. You know what uh, I'm saying? And maybe, you know, I might get a, I might not get another term. Because of that, but but I'm gonna have a damn good 
one term. Don't kill that one And term. the people are going to know that I did for the people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And if you're in office already, you kind of got an advantage because you're already famous. And here's the thing, here's the thing <laughs> you know too, like Brother that? Rock, because um, Brother Stan brings a, a great point, and, and, and you've mentioned something very critical. Again, I've been on the inside. I've worked, again, with, with Congress members, senators. That money talks. But don't those checks, these huge checks, you're going and your heart is right. And you start seeing these big numbers because it, it takes a lot to raise from our from our folks. And just to just to yeah. be just to be real, um, you know, the, we don't regular people necessarily connect the dots of how powerful government can be in our everyday life. And so we don't, we don't play the game and, 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 and contribute, put our 25 and $50. The folks that are getting the, the results, they understand the influence of policy on their everyday life, on their businesses, on their, on their, on their de- development projects. And so they put huge money and it's an investment to them because they're gonna put 20,000 here and know that that will lead to a $2 million subsidy for something that they're doing. Hey, if you know I'm gonna get 2 million in return, I'm gonna put 20,000 every day of the week. For a small town elected official that's seeing 20,000, 30,000, now you don't have to do the work of going to a whole bunch of folks, Mm. that becomes very tempting. And then the phone calls come, hey, John, can you take care of me here? And then that 20,000 starts, starts talking, starts talking to you. It starts talking to you. And it's, and, and, and I see how you go down that wrong path. It takes an extra level of foundation to say, John, I'll call you back later. I got to work for the people right now. And that's just, that's just the reality of it. If someone, if, if someone wants to come and, and they want to give something before we accept that, I'm letting them know that this does not, I, I'm going to be bringing rents down right. in the state of New York, in right. the city of New York. And if I'm so doing that, then maybe you don't want to give me no money. You may not want to give <laughs> me that saying, money. I right. might not and be I'm your letting guy. You know, and I might not be so your you guy. So you're basically letting them know your conditions because right. they know. got their agenda but you're going to give them Absolutely your condition. So. You know what? Mm-hmm. You may yes, not sir. you may not agree. You may not like right. me after right. you give me this money. Right. So, you know, I'm letting you know what I'm going to do. That's right. You can give me the bread. You still want to give me money? You still want to give me money? Could get a little funky for you. That's all I'm saying. This could be a bad investment. This, this could be a bad investment. You know what I'm saying? Cuz so, but the idea is we want to make it all good for New York as well cuz I'm not I'm not I'm I'm not far left where it's beat up on the rich people, beat up on the big corporations because everyone plays their role. It's just tilting the scale where we're not doing everything that makes it better for them and the middle folks and the guy and the little guys are being left out. We emphasize them for way too long. It's now balancing the scale to bring the little guys out. Makes sense. What I, what I wanted to say in that, just uh, on the follow-up in terms of, uh, what was my train of thought? I forgot. Go ahead, Stan. I'll, I'll be back to it. <laughs> so, now, now, so we spoke about um, the, well, a little bit about affordable housing. I, I see now that um, we're going to have a big issue when this moratorium ends and people start getting evicted and all of this stuff starts to happen. Uh, we have very little affordable housing in, in the state, in New York City at all. Uh, so what are you going to do um, with that issue? 
Uh, what do you feel about the Euler process, which I believe is not good in terms of affordable housing and, um, and AMI and all of those different issues that come into play that creates the inability to build affordable housing. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Housing is a crisis and, and, and it's beyond crisis. We're at, a, we're at pandemic levels and that's the new word of the town because mm-hmm. we see before COVID-19 hit and the pandemic of health hit, we were already in an economic pandemic, a housing pandemic, and here's how you know. The New York State Comptroller, they issue a report, and part of the report includes housing. And so in that report, it talks about how many residents of the state of New York are in a condition of what's called cost burden, and that means you're spending more than 30% or more of your income on housing. And there's what's called severe cost burden, where you're spending more than 50% yeah. of your income in keeping a roof over your head. The yeah, number so of folks in the state of New York that are cost burdened and severely cost burdened is 2.8, 2.9 million people, almost 3 million people. That's more people that con- then contracted and tested positive for mm. COVID-19. Mm. So if you want to talk about a pandemic, Housing is a pandemic. And so we have to come with the same set of urgency when dealing with the health pandemic, because again, this stops people from investing, stops people from saving, stops people from being able to build for their future. You're barely trying to make it. You are, you have that, you, you, you can't comfortably live because that specter and cloud of foreclosure or eviction is over your head. So you may want to call out sick because you don't feel up to it, but you don't have that luxury. You better go in there and get that paycheck because if you miss it, you're gonna be out on the street. Mm. When there are others that they can miss whole months and they don't have to worry about it. What we're gonna be doing for our housing plan, we've gotta open up the market. It's, It's competition driven and so if, the government inserts itself into the free market. We can start bringing costs for homes down, start bringing costs for rents down. We've got an aggressive plan for extending what's called the 421A tax credit, mm-hmm. where you have tax abatements for a series of 10 years uh, if you allow for affordable housing units. And we got to get real affordable housing. Of course. Because mine, again, I, t- I tell folks all the time, don't let the suit and tie fool you. I'm in the Housing Connect system looking for an affordable housing. I got an email not too long ago that said, you qualified, you're eligible to move on to the next step for affordable housing. I opened up the email to see how much we're talking about for monthly rent. Mm, affordable for who? It was $2,700, $2,800 a month. I'm like, I ain't got that kind of money. Right, right. Affordable right. for who? What do you mean? Right. I thought we were talking about affordable. See, the reason why they use that word is because affordable is a matter of perception, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's that's why these words they say affordable, and then we immediately go, oh, I want five, six hundred dollars. That's right, that's right. You know, that's we immediately do that. That's, that's, that's thing, affordable right? yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. no, they the, the the jokes with that was they never put a number they didn't to put. what affordable was. They didn't put. They didn't put. You know what I'm saying? And that was the sucker stuff. 
You know, like, living, living in NYCHA is affordable. Thirty percent right. of your income—that's that's, that's right. affordable. Right. Right. That's real. That makes sense. Right. That's fair. Right. Right. Thirty percent right. of my with income gas. Cool. with gas, with right. yeah. gas. So, so would you do away with AMI? Because one of the reasons why we have this issue is that, is that is that in our neighborhoods the income may be this twenty thousand. Right. You going out to Westchester over here? All that's based on income. all that's based all that, on and, and then and then it's all skewed and based so, on right. So, so, so yeah, we have to do a whole a whole restructuring of the way we even approach affordable housing. Because you have units that, you have, you have buildings that have 200 units, 300 units, and then only a portion of them will be designated as affordable. And then the rest are market rate. Right. And they're in areas where there's nobody in that area that can afford market rate. And then you're going by AMI, these whole different formulas that push the affordability bracket even higher and now we're not talking about things that real regular people can reach. Yeah. And so the whole system has to be rethought. The whole system has to be approached from a different angle when we're looking at what's really truly affordable for New Yorkers. So we've got an aggressive plan. It's on the website, Nichols2022.com. Yes, we can okay. we can we can go on there, look at how we're going to really tackle the issue outside of the box because the way we've been doing it before hasn't worked. We have to understand that where we Two things have to happen. We have to get incomes higher. That has to happen. So if you want to charge $2,500 a month, that's fine. But folks have to be able to afford $2,500. So if everybody's making 80 grand, 90 grand, 100 grand, now we can start having a conversation. So that's one place where we're going to begin to tackle it because we did minimum wage increases a few years ago. That wasn't tied to indexing means as much as inflation goes up, we get we get minimum wage going up to, to keep track. No, mm -hmm. what we did is we put it arbitrary number. And then as inflation went up and stuff starts getting more expensive, our incomes are still down here. It's right. still frozen. So now you're setting us up to fail because we can't afford things in the future. So we got to get income coming up and we get home prices coming down. But again, if if worst case scenario, we can't get those home prices up, we've got an aggressive strategy for how we're going to rethink wages to get those wages up ASAP. Okay. Sounds, That's a good sounds, answer. Good sounds answer. Great. Good answer. Yeah. What about um Child care is very child care is very difficult um, for working parents, you know, or a parent that wants to go back to work. You know, um, what can you do as the governor to bring that into normalcy for the whole state? Because I know we're looking at the city, but as the governor, you're responsible for the absolutely, whole absolutely. entire state. Absolutely. And, and, and I'm glad the last point that we ended on, incomes have a big, uh, a big deal to do with it. Um, I've got a, a, a good close friend of mine. They do child care for folks that live in the Hamptons. They can afford it. Right. And so they have actually live in child care. Okay. where they just have a brand new baby and they have someone that was is there to take care of their child. If folks have the income, child care is not even a problem anymore because you can you know, pay who you need to to take care of the children throughout the day. That's the main focus. The, the, the economics of what, you know, they did a survey that shows that the economy is one of the main issues that are on the minds of New Yorkers. We're going to prioritize the economic health. So one of the things that we've talked about before 
everybody's placed an emphasis historically on physical health. And that's important. I can probably do a lot better in that department. Folks have talked about mental health and, and that's come to the forefront where we realize certain issues happen when we don't focus on mental health, but we haven't focused on economic health. Yeah. And we see that finances is a big issue that breaks down marriages, probably the number one issue. We see that folks just don't feel right when they have got no money in their mm -hmm. pockets. And, and it, it adds to stress levels. It adds to other challenges that you try to have to make things work. Folks have been doing the impossible on little. You know, right. as you talked about childcare, single mothers have been doing it for so long, making it things happen with very little to no money in their pockets. Single fathers have been doing it. Right. Single guardians that haven't had help have been doing it. But when you fundamentally bring money into the pockets and give options and alternatives, that has a groundbreaking shift. But also one of the things that, um, you know, our current mayor got right is, you know, universal pre-K. We want to be able to do things like that to allow spaces for folks to be able to come and, you know, send those young ones to get started on the educational path. And we all know that, you know, schooling does serve as a backdoor childcare. We, we, you know, we know that. But those are, but, but really focusing on the economics to really help give parents options to be able to send their children to facilities they can trust, and facilities that now are within their budget. I have another question. Thank you. I have another question. So, as the governor, you you know you have a lot of prisons, and the conditions are horrendous in some. Um, solitary, solitary confinement is still. Um, in place, I, I was communicating with somebody that said they spent 400 days in solitary confinement when they were upstate. And that's like, are you kidding me? Like, no, I, me. I have 400 yeah. days. Um, but what would you be doing as the governor um, to make sure that the rights of the prisoners um, are you know, adhered to? Because there's the three C's, um, custody, care, and control. So. And that's a great question. One of the reasons why I've put shamelessly my faith in the forefront is because there's a compassion that comes with that. Yes. There's a compassion that comes with seeing people first, seeing the humanity behind policies, seeing the humanity behind services that we're providing, whether it is educational services, whether it's policing services, or whether it's correctional services. Right. We have lost that identity and that connection with people. The book that I value says that we're supposed to take care of the least of these. And in that, and with that as the, as the, the lens in which we're viewing things from, mm. we come to prison care and saying, even you know, Rikers Island, that's become you know, a bit huge to the forefront. But as you've correctly pointed out, all throughout the state, we're seeing prison issues. Fundamentally, do the work that needs to be done where, where Rikers Island, for example, you can close it down and temporarily uh, misplace and, 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 and displace the, 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 the residents there. And we build it up, make it a whole new facility, make it, name it a campus, state-of-the-art things there, state-of-the-art facilities there, get sense of pride for folks that are there. Yes, you, you may have done things that have put you in this position, but you don't you lose your humanity once you've gone there. You know, I grew up with a number of folks that I know that 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 went in. And these were still my friends. These were still my family. Right. These were still people that we cared about. So you can do that all throughout the state. If it's temporarily moving, you know, the residents so that we can 
bring state-of-the-art facilities and services there and then you know putting putting bringing them back and then now putting the system of accountability in place so that corrections officers can't run wild with the with, with, with you know with the inmates so that there's still a level of checks and balances there to make sure that if you mishandle someone in a way that's not human you have to answer for that right. so it's fundamentally bringing one resources of the state behind these facilities redo them remodel which is what we're going to do in NYCHA as well because you know we've got facilities that were all built you know somewhere between the 1940s 1950s no updates no upgrades right, right, okay right. we need some upgrades across the board in NYCHA in our prison facilities let's get with the times again and that's part of the dignity of treating people like humans I would say um and I like that and I like to go on the prison thing I've traveled extensively in my lifetime right and i've been to you know a few prisons you know for various reasons but <laughs> really wrong i've been to prisons you've been on the rock you've been on the rock rock i've been i've been in prisons that look like caves and i've been in right. prisons that look like hotels right, right? Mm. but <laughs> but the point being is i think that our system isn't designed to actually rehabilitate the inmate right. our system right. is designed to create a revolving door for the inmate, right? I think that once you go into prison, then there should be programs in place for you to learn a trade, learn something that will make you productive in society. They actually do. Right. They don't give them no certificate right. when they come out. But you understand? So right. they're carpenters. If, Some of them are yeah, carpenters. Yeah, but if you, if you don't get the certificate when right. you come out, right. then why did right. I do the program? Exactly. Right. 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 I I, I do know that there are places. I do know that like uh, there was a the carpenters union, right? They have a program that they take inmates right. and they give them jobs. You know, they they give they put them in the training to make them journeymen, and they're making you know fifty, sixty, seventy dollars an hour at the end of the day, right? And they've been rehabilitated into society. I don't think there's enough emphasis on this. Here's what you hear about jail. Everything negative. Right. Nothing positive. Right. right? So that means that the primary narrative is negative. Right. You know what I'm saying? It, it should be you can come out and be an electrician or you could. Yeah, listen, if you want to go to jail and become a doctor, <laughs> right? I'm serious. Just, just because you went to jail don't mean you're not Absolutely. smart enough to be a doctor. Absolutely. And they have college or, there too. Or, or a nurse or whatever you want to do because you went to joint then why not? That's kind of how I feel about it. And they get degrees there too. Right, right. But I mean, the, the fact right, that they come out and they're not, to understand something, if, if you give me something and you take it away, then why do it? Now you just wasted my time. It needs to be that these people need to be truly rehabilitating. Right. And, then, and they should know that there's a government that's waiting to smoothly reintegrate them once right. they come back right. mm -hmm. um, you know we've not that you got something you can't get a job right right, right. right. what you i'm that a felon certificate would help right right right, right. i'm a felon so now i can't Barbara. work for right. Right. which means you're gonna go do right. more crime right Correct. if you right. got right. the skills That's and you can't feed yourself you're gonna right. go right back right. in the a1 barbers they sure. yes. 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 Cut in prison. right like and they're able to make money but right but once again still i'm not good at cutting hair what's my what's my thing well right. you know what i'm saying that's what that needs to be cooks and and whatever sure but we don't we have a revolving door system 
That's what it's, it's profitable. That's got to stop. It's profitable for him. Well, because you got private jails. Right, right. It's profitable. Right. I don't know if any jails in New York City, I mean, upstate are private. Or, or even in New York City, a private, but I know across the but country still, there are private prisons. It still is profit because Corecraft, you know, they make the desks, they make uniforms, they make soap, all of that's the sanitizer, the New York State sanitizer is made in prison. So it's still, even if it's not privatized, right. it's still for profit off the backs of them while they're making 50 cents, if that. So which, means it, so which means that that's slavery. Of course, slave right, labor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's slave Definitely. labor. Definitely. Y'all don't know right. Google core crap. And, and then and learn about yeah. it. you can't even get a job making soap on the outside. Exactly. Right. 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 <laughs> I told someone that they, they were making sanitizer in prison that spent their two cents. They argued me down and they was like, there's no way. Is no way. And they done been in, I mean, from Greenhaven, the Ellen DeMarva, all of, you know, Sing Sing. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I love the stories, you know, that I we talk. I'm like, I want to do a book. I want to do a book on your life. Your life is so exciting. Like, you know, just to hear all the things like a farm. Mm-hmm. There was prisons with farms mm-hmm. and stuff. But yeah. Oh, let me just go. Let me get out of that. But it's fundamentally <laughs> it's crazy. It's fundamentally understanding that. You don't lose your humanity exactly. once you've made a mistake. Exactly. And again, that that comes from my core. And, and and I think part of this, what we've what we've been missing is leadership that has a core foundation that prioritizes people and understanding that a mistake should not define you for the rest of yeah. your life. Because I've made plenty of mistakes, plenty, yeah. plenty. Some I just didn't get busted for. Yeah. And, 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 right. and, and right. that's right. just the case. That's right. sometimes yeah. the difference between someone that's in and someone yeah. that's not. Right. My nephew's studying theology, GDEP. Right. Mm-hmm. I know GDEP, that's my nephew. He's studying theology up there. That's great. I seen great. him at my sister. I eulogized my sister for a few years ago. He's like, auntie, so you're going to help me when I come out? I said, what you doing? I said, of course. I said, go ahead. So he's studying theology up there. So I'm yeah, like, yeah. no better than that. Right. Like, you know, stay out of trouble. And- this interview by the way is great. I'm loving this. I'm, <laughs> having I'm such trying a to put time. my application to get full time. Yeah. <laughs> running, yeah. running it down, right? Come on, baby. You come on in. Listen, <laughs> We're going to get that. that monetization you guys, you can keep happen. going. You can get in this chair. You can keep going. I got to run because I got to be uh-huh. at the cutting room by seven. And well, I need could, to just kind of go. We're we at we an hour and 11. We're about we to end. Listen. So, so, because it's been so dope. It's been dope. And right? I like the energy. This the is return. Amazing. We'll bring you back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm coming. Because, you know, he was I'm in this. Back. He was in this before. Right. You was going to actually going to run against. Cuomo. Absolutely. So he's been, he was going to run against Cuomo. He May. was in, in May. We okay. So May. he's not one of the new Jack Swing. Right, 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 so right, this right. wasn't right. politically motivated. Right, exactly. There's an opportunity that there. pops up and, oh, let me jump in. This was fundamentally we'll back, motivated definitely. by we got to do better for the regular people. I don't right. care. I mean, there's no there's nothing that I'm afraid of. Because this is about the people. I joke and say the easy part is getting to the governor's office. Mm. The difficult part is changing a system that doesn't want to be changed. Thank you. Wow. We'll, I'll take that. And All you right. know what that? Word <laughs> up. One night, you one people. One night, you one people. Can you give me your website one more time? You can go to www.nichols2022.com. You can sign up. You can donate. And it's all there for you. One night, you one people. One night, you one people, y'all. Lifting off. Thank you for tuning in.